everyone. Welcome back to the Educating All Learners Alliance podcast. This is Gabrielle here from the EDU team, and we're really excited for today's episode um, because today I'm joined by Stephanie Wu, who is from City Year, um, and she's City Year's Senior Vice President and Chief Impact Officer where she leads the design, execution, and evaluation of City Year's whole school, whole child services, which are actually delivered by 3,000 City Year AmeriCorps members in more than 300 schools across the nation. And so they're doing some big work um, and we're happy to have them as an ELA partner and feature some of that today. Um, And so we know that many of you may know a bit about what City Year does. So we're not gonna give too much detail on their work, but I wanted to provide a little bit of a background. Um, But first, welcome Stephanie, how are you doing? I am doing well. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, yeah, like I said, we wanna get started on the conversation, um, but I'll give people a little bit of context if they don't know all the details about City Year's work. But yeah, so City Year was established in Boston more than three decades ago um, as a youth service and leadership development organization. So as I mentioned, they have their AmeriCorps members who work across the country um, in more than 300 schools, and they really focus on adding additional capacity to systemically under-resourced schools, essentially. And so they create nurturing, responsive, engaged learning environments with both the students and the adults at the schools that they're working in. Uh, And so just to talk about these programs and the AmeriCorps members that you work with, Stephanie, who who are some of the people that typically become AmeriCorps members? Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome um, young adults. They're between the ages of 18 to 25. Um, Many of them are, uh, most of them actually are recent college graduates. Um, 65% of our AmeriCorps members are people of color and 52% are eligible for Pell Grants. And 24% of our members are first-generation college graduates, which we really, you know, with such a diverse group, it's we 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 feel really great about young people being able to see folks like themselves, um, supporting and helping them in their school career. Yeah, well, kind of on that, in terms of the students that they're working with, what what do the students look like? Is it obviously the age would be different, but is it a similar demographic of students? It is great question. We serve primarily in schools that are supporting um, BIPOC uh, communities um, in urban centers. Um, a lot of these schools are, I mean, the uh, vast majority are um, systemically under-resourced. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we are seeking to do is support the schools in providing developmentally rich environments for the learning um, to happen. And so we, we have teams of diverse trained um, core members, we call them, we call our practitioners core members. Um, they, they work in the schools, they partner with the teachers, they provide direct uh, services to the students, both 
social, emotional, and academic coaching, as well as skill development for some students who might um, need a little extra support um, with their with their cognitive skill development. And yeah, that's who our that's who our folks are. I love it, and we'll talk about some of the numbers in terms of impact a little bit later, but I know that your team recently kind of transitioned to describing the member, the AmeriCorps members as student success coaches and using that phrasing. So was there any particular inspiration behind the sort of name change and work scope change? That's another great question. That, is, that has been really recent. Um, and as we have been um, uh, looking at our research results um, and better understanding the uh, developmental relationships between our students and our practitioners, we realize that the teacher's role is really about instruction and teaching and that the youth development lens that we bring into the classroom really positions us as coaches who are really helping the students um, make meaning of what it means to be able to do some of the things that, that they can do. What does it mean to read? What does it mean to be, a, uh, be able to do math? How does that fit into your understanding of who you are and who you want to become? So we're really helping them with a lot of meaning making and sense making. Um, and it's all designed to help young people develop a broader, um, uh, expand their sense of horizon and possibility for themselves. So we really, we're really um, excited about the coaching terminology um, yeah. and approach as a way to help our members better understand their role in the context of schooling. We're also, yeah. we realize that people are often confused about who our, what our members are doing in schools um, because yes, they provide some tutoring, but they aren't just tutors. And yes, they are supporting and working within the teacher's um, curricula um, and the pacing of the teacher's units, but they're also not teachers. And city or can't be everywhere and we don't, we're not trying to be everywhere, but we believe the idea of coaches is an mm -hmm. idea that many other organizations and communities can have. And so we thought by, by elevating the idea of coaches in schools that, that more communities might seek to have coaches for their, for their young people. We are um, using a student assessment tool. It's called the whole student, whole, holistic student assessment. And it's a student survey in which they let us know as adults what their experience is in the school. Hmm. And one of the really interesting things about that always comes up after they take the survey is that students um, show a high interest in learning, um, but they also are naming that they, um, they're not feeling motivated to spend time on their learning tasks. So it's a great, that's great information for a coach to say, okay, what are you interested in? Why are, where does this high interest come from? And it just sparks a whole conversation between the coach and the teacher and the student about how to position 
the academic content differently um, to kind of meet the student's sense of why they want to learn and how they see yeah. that fitting into their, their motivation. So true, because if you know the discrepancy, you know, a coach might think that it's the student not caring about the topic when in the example that you said, that's not the case. It's more the feeling of motivation rather than interest in the topic. And so they can then know what to address. Right. That's a good point. I love talking to somebody about who, who loves this stuff too, but, yeah. um, and that's on the, that's about the adults creating the right conditions, right? Yeah. So we can have these coaches, but how the coaches work with the teachers um, to really talk about what are the conditions we're creating as adults that are allowing for the developmental growth of our young people um, alongside the skill development and the practicing of the skills, the routine practice of the academic skills. And when you put those two things hand in hand, um, developmental, caring for their developmental needs as well as their cognitive needs, it's pretty powerful. Yes, very, very true. Well, I feel like you're getting into the science. So that kind of leads me to my other question about the research. You alluded to the research that you've done earlier. And so I know there's been you know, quite a few different forms of research that your team has done recently. So I guess specific to um, that connection of you know, youth development, social emotional learning, the environment that they're learning in, what has been some of the findings that your team has had recently? Um, the, the science of learning and development has been very influential uh, for the development of our services over the past um, 10, 15 years. And I just have to shout, do a shout out to the SOLD Alliance, which is the Science of Learning and Development Alliance, and it mm -hmm. grew out of the Aspen Institute's National Commission on Social, Emotional, and Academic Development because they have done so much to bring together all of the amazing research that's been done over the past couple of decades and make meaning of it um, to help um, educators and the mental health um, industry, all the developmental sciences, realize that we need to all come together and not be compartmentalized about we, um, how we understand um, learning and teaching. And so we've applied a lot of that, a lot of that um, research. The, um, the focus of our, uh, our organization's research has really been around developmental relationships and really mm -hmm. understanding how do developmental relationships um, form um, between adults and schools and students. And we are working closely with the Search Institute, which has a great evidence-based developmental relationships framework, so easy to use. It's a framework and a tool that not only us just city or use, but when we share it with our partner teachers, they also find that it's just so uh, well intuitive and accessible that they begin kind of um, incorporating that into their dialogue about how to work with their, their students in the classroom. Um, 
the uh, research that we've done around that, around our developmental relationships recently, um, includes um, learning that students who spend more time with city or core members throughout the school day are having greater gains in math and ELA and attendance and their social emotional skills. There's mm. a direct magnitude of effect between social emotional growth and the growth of their academic skills. So we're in the we're in the second stage now of that research to better understand why is that happening? Why are we getting those results? Wow, yeah, that is the big question is the why behind it. Though I will say that, you know, we know the importance of relationships and the impact on people, let alone students. So if I had a guess, I'll just say it's the benefit of relationships and having that sort of mentor-like figure. But we'll be eager to see the true detailed findings that you get. I'm with you. <laughs> People need to see it. People need to see the numbers. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so has that kind of information um, helped you all adapt some of your goals for city years work moving forward or do your goals sort of remain the same? Such a great question. It absolutely has because um, what we've also realized from that research and other um, looking at other research is that it's not just about the one-on-one -on -one relationship that students are having, having with the adults. It's also about um, students, how students connect with each other um, and what kind of environment is really being created by the adults in the school to create a community of learning um, that is asset-based um, and that is really um, allows students to learn from each other as much as they are learning from the adults, adults in the school. And we've um, deepened a partnership with the um, Program for Education and Resilience that is run by Dr. Gil Nome and is with the Harvard, Harvard Medical School and McLean Center. And I mention that because uh, it's the group takes a positive mental health approach um, to working with young people. And it's really uh, all of the tools and resources and frameworks that they provide have really focused us on understanding um, and being more intentional about how do adults create conditions that develop the internal assets of young people. Um, and it's, we are not coming into our schools to fix people or to mm -hmm. fix the system. We are there to spark and nurture and nourish um, the assets that are in 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 our school communities, um, and that's that's kind of a reorientation or a deepening of an orientation that City Year has always tried to have since its founding. That's so true. It makes me think of that one phrase: teaching people how to think, not what to think, and kind of doing that for students of you know teaching them how to see the world, letting them know what options are available and what relationships, you know, how they can benefit, how to work with others, and just the deep, you know, variety that can come from life. Yeah, I love that, Gabrielle. 
it makes me think about, um, it's not just that there are opportunities available to people, but it's also that people have been prepared in such a way that they can make a choice about mm -hmm. those opportunities. Um, and that's something that we've become more and more attuned to as part of our equity work, um, that it is about putting, putting, putting our young people in a position in which they are able to take advantage of all the different um, opportunities and make choices that suit that suit them. Exactly. Well, I have to ask you where people should go if they want to know more, if they want to see um, what the upcoming research is or look into the existing research from your team. It's all on our website, www.cityyear.org. Um, definitely encourage folks to check us out. And if you know of any 18 to 25 year olds who you think might be interested in a year or two of um, supporting young people in their learning and development, definitely also pass us on, please. <laughs>